We know the scripture says in Psalms 22.3 that God inhabits the praises of his people. The actual word inhabit in the Hebrew is yashav, which literally means God will dwell within the praises of his people. So when you lift up your praise to God, God is going to be there with you through his Holy Spirit. He takes note and his presence will respond to that praise. So our praises are almost like a calling to God. Like we're getting on the phone and saying, God, we want you here. Come on, come on down. Come on down, God. And he hears that and he inhabits that. He dwells within that. So just think about that today as we're worshiping and as we're praising God. You know, we want him to come and be a part of our service because without him, this is this is pointless. There's no reason to even be here. So if you will stand, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for everyone that is here, everyone that's able to watch online, God. We just ask that your Holy Spirit fill this place. God, I ask that your anointing fall upon the musicians. God, fall upon Rick as he brings the word. Fall upon Jennifer as she's speaking and teaching to our young kids, God. Lord, every aspect of this service is all about you. Lord, I ask that you'd bless the tithes and offerings that are given, God, and use those to multiply your kingdom. And God, we just thank you. Lord, that's all I can say is thank you. And God, just have your way here today. In Jesus' name, amen.
God, and I thank you, Lord, that you broke that veil, God, that gave us the freedom to come straight to you. Lord, I thank you for the spirit that you placed in my life. I'll never forget, Lord, when I felt you calling me out of the world. Lord, I, I remember my life being a mess, but Lord, you straightened everything out. Lord, you gave me a peace that I'd never had before, and I thank you so much for that. And Lord, I will forever praise you. Lord, I pray, God, that your spirit would touch hearts today. Lord, if, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, God, I pray that you would just whisper so sweetly to them and let them know that you love them, that you're there for them, God. We are here only on this earth, Lord, to worship you. And Lord, I thank you, God, for the sacrifice that you've made we sing about it, but Lord God, we, we can't even comprehend what you went through to save each one of us. I thank you, God, for your spirit that you put into each one of us, God, that, that just helps us to want to draw closer and closer to you. God, we know we can be as close to you as we want to be. And Lord, I pray, God, that you, and we would feel that nudging God to just continue to want to have more of you in our life. Lord, that you would help us to shut the outside world out and just give us a peace. God, that peace that surpasses all understanding that only you can give us. And I want to praise you and thank you from the bottom of my heart. And again, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to hearts today. Lord, that you would just let them hear you loud and clear. If they don't know you, Lord, help them just to break free and give, give them your life today, Lord. I just want to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Yeah. I kind of believe you. Every chance you get to shout his name and let people know, be strong about it. Let them know. Oh, goodness. I'm going to give you three words that I felt during worship for somebody in here possibly this morning. Keep holding on. Keep holding on, okay? Keep holding on. If you know the Lord, he is the absolute best friend you will ever find. Keep holding on. Keep holding on. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Luke chapter 9. We are finishing up this series today. Hopefully you have enjoyed this and been challenged by the Word of God to take your faith in God to another level throughout these last four weeks. Again, Luke chapter 9, we're going to talk about decision today, and throughout our lives, we've all made life-changing decisions at one point or another, right? Following Jesus is probably, 
No, it is the biggest, greatest decision you can ever make in your life. That is number one. Um, Another life-changing decision for me that I made was in July of 2001. Anybody know what that would be? Yes. That's That's the month I married this beautiful lady on the front row right here. July of 2001, I made a life-changing decision for the good. I married up, and I am thankful for her. So that changed the course of my life in a lot of ways, again, for the good. Have we had a perfect marriage over that 22-plus years? No. Has God been in the middle of it? Yes which allows us to sustain it and continue on in Jesus' name. That's the key. That is the key because marriage is beautiful. It's a wonderful thing, but it's also a difficult thing. If you don't want to work on it, it's going to be difficult for you. If you don't want to allow God to work on both of you in the marriage, it'll be difficult for you, and you'll quit. We've had every reason, a lot of reasons to quit. We, things we've been through, a lot of couples have quit. But I'm thankful for her, and I'm thankful for that decision that I made on July 7th, 2001, in a 100-degree church to make her my wife. It was hot. (laughs) Air conditioning wasn't working well. Another one, January 1st of 2017 in my life. Anybody know what that day is? I started here as a youth pastor at Orchardville Church. Another decision that God brought me to and changed my life for the good. I'd have never got to know this wonderful church family and so many people throughout ministry. Um, These decisions shaped my life for years to come. And another one I made back in the end of 2020 was to become the pastor of Orchardville Church. Life-changing decisions. And that one was even harder for me. You know why? Because it's adults. <laughs> ah! I spent 13 years in youth ministry and now I'm going to pastor adults. Ah! And, and, and one of the harder things about pastoring adults is they're a lot more blunt and share their opinion a lot more than teenagers do. When I was in youth ministry, I think most of the people liked me. <laughs> but I know as, as, in ministry, not everybody's going to like you. But as long as you're following the Lord and doing what he would have you to do, there's always going to be haters. They're not going to be as excited about Jesus as what you are. So I'm thankful for that opportunity to pastor here. And again, just decisions that we make throughout our life. We've got these that that are hard in life sometimes, they're life-changing. But we can look back and we can see decisions that we make change our life. And that's for the good or the bad. There's things that we, that we choose. We're always making decisions that change our lives. But God forces us into positions of decision. Um, as a Christ follower, you are never standing still. Think about that. As a Christ follower, we are never to be standing still. You're either moving forward in your walk with God or you are sliding back. Hello? You are either moving forward in your relationship with God all the time or you are sliding backwards. 
There is, now a lot of people want to say, no, I'm somewhere right in the middle, Rick. You know, I'm not, I'm not a crazy fanatic. I don't get all excited like you do or other people do, but I'm not all the way down here where I've just totally turned my back on the Lord. I'm right in the middle. Well, I want to tell you something this morning. There is no middle. You're either for him or you're against him. You're either moving and growing or you're dying spiritually. Okay, there's no middle. You're making decisions every single day to follow Jesus and his ways or you're falling back. All right? You made a decision to follow him. You made a decision to come to church today. Thank you. Decisions are part of our everyday walk with the Lord. Every day. And like I said, we're, we're at the end of this series today. We're going to be finishing it up here with decision. We've talked about desire. We've talked about denial and how we have to not deny ourselves. We've talked about death and carrying our cross last week. But these are all, they're not things that I made up or I said, this is Jesus, the terms that Jesus lays out for us in his word, what he tells us to do. Now, there's one thing left for us to do as we talk about this today. We have to make a decision. For the believers and the non-believers, you got to make a decision. So we're going to be in Luke, again, chapter 9, verse 23 through 27 this morning. Luke 9, 23 through 27. It says this, and he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, how often? Daily, Daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly... There are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I thank you for health, Father, that enables us to be here. We pray for those that aren't able to be here, God, that are sick or homebound. Father, we just, we just pray for them right now and lift them up, God. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for an opportunity to worship together and encourage each other. Lord, I just ask right now, what you're doing in our church continues, Father. That fire within us continues each and every day, each time we come together. Lord, that we would seek you with everything we have. Let your word penetrate our hearts today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Jesus is saying it's time to make a decision. And the disciples, as he's talking to them, they have to make a decision. And he left very little doubt about what he's calling them to. If they're going to be disciples for him, they're going to have to deny themselves, okay? If they're going to be disciples of, of him, they would have to take up their cross. If they're going to be disciples of him, they're going to have to follow him in his ways. They had, to, they had sat there, they listened, they heard the requirements of Jesus, and, and they could have sat around. Some people sit around and, and they think about, do I want to be all in in this or do I not? There are people that think about that. But they, they could have sat around and discussed if they were worthy of it. Like, I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm too messed up. I'm too far gone in sin. I've messed up so much. And people think that. So they could have thought about that. 
or discuss, I've got so many downfalls, it's going to be impossible for me to serve the Lord. He's so holy, I'm so not. But they were thinking about these things and, and weighing this, the pros and cons, and, and debating the issue. But sooner or later, they had to make a decision. Sooner or later, you have to make a decision. Were they going to just sit there while Jesus walked off? When he said, come follow me, they had a decision to make right then. Do we go and follow this man that has called us to follow him? Do we go or do, do we just sit here and let him walk off? Are they going to get up and go? There's times when we have to make a decision as well. Again, just like this scripture was for them, this is for us today. He's leaving little doubt as to, what he, as to what he's calling us to do to be his disciples. If we're going to take our faith to another level, we also have to deny ourselves. It's not about us anymore as we follow Jesus. If we're going to take our faith to another level, we have to take up our cross and follow him. And we can sit around and discuss and argue if we're worthy of following him or not. I've heard people tell me that. Rick, I'm, I'm so messed up. God can't love me. Yes, he does. He does. And we can sit around and discuss and argue about these things. We can, we can waste our lives talking about following Jesus. Talk is cheap. We can talk about making a difference for Christ or we can actually get up and do it. So many times we say things, oh, I'm going to make a difference. Oh, I'm going to win people to Jesus. Oh, I'm going to worship like I've never worshiped before. Oh, I'm going to be bold in my faith and I'm going to share it with people. And we just sit there and do nothing. We say so much, but do very little. He's asking us to make a decision to walk this out, to follow him. It's easy to just blow this off and think, Rick's preaching hard at us again. I hate when he does that. He's just trying to manipulate us. It's another typical sermon on another typical Sunday morning. And that may be what you think as you sit here today. It may be what you think as you're listening later in the week online. But I'd like you to try and take this seriously. And think about, what's my decision? For those of us that are saved and you believe in Jesus and you're following him, it doesn't stop at the decision. There are many people that come into the church, make a decision for Jesus, and they're content with being saved. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it to heaven. But there's not a whole lot of people that want to continue to walk that out and reach as many people as possible for Jesus. What's our decision? There's consequences to a negative decision. Everybody know that? How many have experienced that? You've made decisions in your life and you had to face the consequences. You know, when I talk to people, especially when I was talking to teens um, about things, when you make choices... I hate when mom and dad bail kids out. I hate it. If they made the choice to do something they shouldn't have been doing, let them face the consequences. Give them the consequences. 
Can we make it a new law that pastors of churches are allowed to discipline children as they see fit? <laughs> as long as they go to your church. Just kidding, kind of. <laughs> but consequences of negative decisions. You know, we, we lose our life sometimes trying to save it. What does the world tell us right now? You only live once, right? Go for the gusto. Take care of number one. Just do it. And it's all about individuality today. Looking out for number one. And the world keeps telling us to go for it and don't let anything or anyone get in your way. Even Christians can get caught up in this. The church and the Lord take a back seat to their own pursuits of things. You can look at me funny, it's true. If I don't have anything else more important, I'll go to church and serve the Lord. But it's my life, and I have to make the best of it, and nothing, not even the Lord or his church, can get in my way. Doesn't that sound bad? That's the thought process with people. And in the process, we lose our lives. People who spend their entire life pursuing the things of the world get to the end and look back and see what they've accomplished. Nothing. I just pursued everything in the world and I actually accomplished nothing. All those things that seemed so important back then suddenly look kind of foolish now. They look to see what difference they've made and guess what? They didn't leave a mark. They lost their lives chasing things that didn't even really matter. Their whole lives were spent on things that suddenly don't look so important. And making a decision not to follow Christ cost them their whole life. I don't want to live with regrets in my faith. I don't want to look back and say, man, I could have done so much more for the Lord. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm a believer. But what did I do with what God placed inside of me? What have you done with the gifts and the talents and the love that God has placed inside of you? Some people base their success in life, and I've talked to people in this church about this, on the amount of possessions or money that they can accumulate. They work hard to gain something, but that only brings temporary satisfaction in their life. And once, once these people have attained something new, there's another new commercial that comes on for something better. Right? They're never satisfied. Spend their lives trying to gain the whole world, and in the end, they've, just, they've destroyed their life or they're lost. They've decided when they've gotten everything they need, then I'll turn to Christ. But they'll never gain it all. And in the meantime, they're losing that chance to serve the Lord with everything they have. Jesus says, those who make it their lives to gain all the possessions in the world will lose their most valuable, valuable possession, their souls. They've sold their souls for something they will never have, and that's happiness and treasures. You're not going to find your happiness. You're not going to find your joy in treasures and in trying to accumulate these things. Did you know that we can be ashamed and suffer divine humiliation? 
You say, what does that mean? Will Christians suffer humiliation before the Lord? Will we lose anything in heaven by not selling out for the Lord while we're here? Anybody want to answer that? Let's see what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 3. Will we lose anything in heaven by not selling out for the Lord right now? 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive, here we go, the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Again, this is not talking about are you saved. This is talking about what did you do with what I gave you? How did you impact the kingdom of God by what I placed inside of your life? 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure... We shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. 2 John 1, 8, Look to yourselves, that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Revelation 3, 11, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. And Revelation 22, 12, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give, to give to everyone according to his work. That's the Bible. There it is. Whatever the rewards in heaven are, how we're living our lives today determine if we receive them. I'm not saying anything about works to be saved. You're already saved. I'm talking about what are we doing with what God has placed inside of us. One day we will stand before our holy, awesome, mighty Lord... And we will bow down, and in that moment, nothing will remain hidden. Nothing. Now, negative consequences with decisions. Benefits of a positive decision. We can lose our lives for Jesus and save it. We can give up our lives for Jesus and he will be, here's what happens when you do that. Jesus becomes your rock. He becomes your defender. He becomes an ever-present help in times of trouble. He is with you. And we can choose to forsake all for Christ, and he will bring us through life 
whatever it is that we have to go through, and he will bring us into eternal life. We will receive eternal rewards if we will give up our lives and let him save it. 1 Thessalonians 2.19, these aren't going to be on the screen, but I'm going, to, I'm going to read through these real quick. We will receive eternal rewards. We'll receive the crown of rejoicing when we stand before the Lord and see those he used through us to bring them to him. That is one of the greatest feelings in the world is to pour the love of Jesus into somebody and see them believe on Jesus and accept him into their life. That is Wonderful. If you've never got to lead somebody to the Lord, that's one of the best things in life. You get to see them come out of the darkness of what they're involved in into the wonderful light of Jesus. And you had a hand in it. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8 says, We'll receive the crown of righteousness when we run the race of life for Jesus. Keep holding on. Keep holding on. I know it's not easy. Keep holding on. James 1.12, we'll receive the crown of life when we finally leave this world, proving faithful to the Lord and enduring to the end. I don't want people to get up in front of my casket and make things up about me that weren't true. Listen, it happens. All of a sudden, everybody wants to say how wonderful a person was or how much they loved that person or, oh, they just served the Lord with everything they had. And sometimes I'm like, they did? Or people get so confused or blinded or they're just ignorant to it and say, everybody's going to fly high and be with Jesus. And the compassionate side of me can never, I mean, I know when people go through loss, that's, you can't just say, actually. But I, I don't want people, when my day comes, if the rapture doesn't happen, which I'm praying for, selfishly, I'd like to see my son quickly. So just get right with the Lord because I'm praying for him to come back. <laughs> But I don't want people, I don't want somebody to come up here, preach my funeral, and make up stuff about me that wasn't true that I didn't live out. And I don't want that for any of you. I want to be able to say with confidence, Bear Gregory served the Lord with his whole heart. I watched him as he brought people to Jesus. I want to say Jake Caps, man, he loved God. And he did his very best every single day to serve him and love him and lead people to Jesus. Don't you want people to be able to say that about you as a follower of Christ? And that he didn't just talk about it, she didn't just talk about it, they lived it. First Peter 5, 4, we'll receive the crown of glory. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27, we'll receive an imperishable crown when we've forsaken ourselves for the sake of Jesus. The temporary rewards and pleasures of this life do not hold a candle to what God has in store for us. 
if we could get that in our head, the temporary rewards, pleasures, sin is not going to compare to what God has waiting for us as we forsake everything else to follow him. 1 Corinthians 2.9, we will see the kingdom of God. We will see the gates of heaven, the streets of heaven. Matthew 25.23, we're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Woohoo! You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Man. Or, and this is a reality, or we could hear even for those that think they are believers, depart from me, I never knew you. Gosh, Rick. You need to know that. We need to know that. The Bible, that's Bible, it's straight from the mouth of Jesus. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says this. But we cast out demons in your name, we heal. I didn't know you. I don't want to hear depart from me. You don't want to hear depart from me, I never knew you. We've got to make our decision. Christians, I'm not just talking to non-believers, Christians, it's time to decide. Maybe you've been on the fence too long. You've got to decide if you are going to forsake everything else and follow him with everything you have. There are people in here, I know, thinking about that right now. I have never, ever completely surrendered my life to the Lord, and I know it. There are people thinking that this moment. I've never stepped into everything that God would have me to do. I've never led one person to the Lord. There's people thinking that right now. Lost people, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it's time to decide. And I've told you guys, if I've learned anything, life is short and it's not guaranteed for tomorrow. Will you follow Jesus as our praise team comes back up? Will you follow him? Do you want to take that relationship with him to a whole nother level? If you do, again, believers, non-believers, if you do, you can make that decision today. You can follow him. You can stop just sitting there and you can get up and follow him and do what he's called you to do. If you have the desire to follow him, if you have the desire to deny yourself, if you have that desire to take up that cross every single day and follow after Jesus with everything you have, then you can make that decision today. Last week, we had some people make that decision. We had some, a person make that decision for the first time and we also had people that had walked away from the Lord just like the prodigal son and they came home last week and they decided, I do want to follow him. I have walked away, I've been in a mess, but I'm coming home to him. If you guys will stand this morning.
Christianity is, is not a part-time thing. It's not a part-time thing. There are so many things in this world vying for your attention, but you have to understand first and foremost, it has to be on him. Again, every single day is filled with decisions. Decisions to follow Jesus. Pastor Randy yesterday was talking about keeping your focus on the Lord and not getting distracted. He mentioned this, and I loved the quote. I forgot who he said, had said it, but for every one mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. Which means there are things, if you start looking to the right or to the left, there are things that can distract you and take you off the path that Jesus has laid out for you. Some of you in here may be off that path right now. You're struggling. You know I'm not following him with everything I have. I, I've always said that I wanted to, but I just have never done it. And again, talking to believers, your chance today to make that decision from this point forward, I'm all in. If you don't know Jesus as your savior this morning, you can make that decision today to believe that Jesus did come to this earth, that he did walk on this earth, that he did live a perfect life, that he was crucified on the cross for my sins, for your sins, that his blood was shed to wash away my sins, that he was buried and he did rise from the grave and now he is seated in heaven at the right hand of God, you can believe that in your heart and make a decision for Jesus today. And I promise you, just like I said last week, I said this morning as I started, that is the best decision you will ever make for you, for your family, for your future family. That is the best decision. So as we worship, I'm gonna pray. Again, believers, non-believers, please come. Make that decision to be all in with Jesus this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for decision, for free will, God. You, you give us the choice to follow after you or to reject and God, I pray right now for the believers, for the non-believers in here this morning. Father, from a place of love, Lord, I pray that we make that decision to take our faith to another level. God, as long as we're still breathing in this place right now, as long as we're still breathing as we're watching this online, you have purpose for our lives. And Lord, I pray right now that each one of us evaluate what our following of you has looked like. What the daily decisions in our lives have looked like. And Lord, that we would get a hold of what you have for us. That we wouldn't miss out on what you have for our lives. That people in our path wouldn't miss out on what you have for them because of our lack of obedience. Work on our hearts this morning, God, and let people respond to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name.
Amen. Would you come? If you need prayer for anything, would you come?
Amen. Would you just pray for a moment or two and see if God lays somebody on your heart that's in this church this morning? And as he does, will you move to that person? And will you just pour into them the love of God as he lays that on your heart? One of the reasons we gather together is to encourage each other in the Lord. And I know people are struggling with things. I know it takes a lot to get up and walk forward. But I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that God, as you pray, will give you somebody in your mind to minister to, to pray for, to pour into. Would you just pray blessing over them? Maybe ask them if there's anything they're dealing with. Some people just need a, a friend in moments of, of trials and trouble. So spend a moment praying on that and then move, please. Just be obedient and move and pray over that person as we sing. Here is where I lay it down Every burden, every crown This is my surrender This is my surrender Here is where I lay it down Every lie and every doubt This is my surrender
decision this week to make room for God to do whatever he wants to do in your life I promise you this that every single day that you wake up God wants to minister through you to someone every day if you will pray that as you begin your day Lord use me in whatever way you see fit I promise you he will if you will open up your heart and be obedient to what the Holy Spirit would have you do throughout the day, you will see those opportunities. And then again, you have a decision to make. Do what the Lord is laying on your heart or reject it. I encourage you to be obedient. Be obedient to that calling that the Holy Spirit places on you. Recognize those situations. Things are shifting spiritually for our church. I know that's easy to say, it sounds super spiritual, but things are shifting, things are happening, things are going to happen within this church that may have been dormant for years. 
But God wants to remind us of his power and his might and his strength and just who he can be through us. Embrace it. Pursue him with everything you have and be open to whatever he wants to do in your heart, in your life. Okay? Love you guys. I appreciate you very much. Again, Wednesday, we are in the middle of spiritual warfare, learning how to stand firm with what everything in the world is throwing at us and the enemy's throwing at us. We're going to talk about a spirit of jealousy this week and how to deal with anger, things like along those lines. So please come out this Wednesday night. We got things for your kids, OC Kids Modified Youth or College Group. If I don't see you Wednesday, maybe I'll see you if I pop into the mother-son date night. Saturday night. Remember, it's all ages. I know what movie you're watching, too. Not telling. <laughs> Love you guys. Appreciate you. You are not dismissed. You are sent. Amen. Win some people to Jesus.